Hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join our side August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one but two days of Powerhouse Wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicky Kelly and Natalie McGiver. This is the One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of retraining our attention systems in everyday ways to strengthen our capacity for mindful living. I'm Vicky Kelly. And I'm Natalie McIver. Welcome back to episode... 10. Double digits. Ooh, we've hit 10. Yay. We That's have. A... It's been so much fun. I'm having fun. Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun and certainly the feedback, which is one of the main reasons that you and I got together was so that we could uh, have this mindfulness movement wash over the people uh, in the and under the wellness couch and certainly the feedback of, of people practicing one-minute mindfulness in their uh, daily living is an absolute gift to hear. So keep those, keep those amazing uh, comments and reflections coming in. What have we got for today miss natalie well before we get started i i wanted to just recap on on how interesting yesterday was for both of us we were talking about this before <laughs> it was it was our, our uh, cleverly laid plans for um creating a couple of hours to record the a few programs yesterday all ended in a fizzy when we couldn't connect um via the internet and it was a little bit of Vicky's fizzy, wasn't it? A it fizzy was a fit. little bit of Vicky's fizzy this time. <laughs> nice change from being mine. But um, what I did really like is witnessing how we both um, managed the window that we created once we didn't have the recording to fill it. Or, or that was created on our behalf. I'm not sure that we created it. <laughs> it was created on our behalf by some tech, some tech challenges. And yeah, it was interesting. And I, I have to say, um, my my tendency, my wiring was to get to get on it and get other stuff done and get some more things ticked off or add some more things to my to do list. But I had a mindful moment and uh, just reflected and decided to indulge in some personal care, which was lovely. That's a beautiful way to spend it. And you know, I was able to reflect that that. Through creating many more mindful moments, uh, you know, deliberate mindfulness moments and awareness every day uh, through these practices and the other things that we're working on together and separately is realising that in the past I would have just filled that time completely mm-hmm. and instead of, that didn't even cross my mind. I was just like, oh, look at that. What will I do? So, I, you know, I went and did a bit of meditation, went and did some exercise, went out and watered, spent some time outside and was really present to what I was doing instead of thinking, how will I fill it? And 
that led me to, to think and discuss with you this morning, Vicky, that there's a lot of times when in our lives we our plans don't go to 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 the diary, you know, a client mightn't turn up or they might be late or we might get stuck in traffic or tech issues stop us from being able to complete a project we're working on. And I'd love to know if for our readers to our listeners, sorry, to and um, post and, and tell us, well, what what are they noticing about what they do in those still moments? Are they feeling it or are they finding ways to do more self-care, to be more mindful of that that precious time that everyone's saying they want more of when it opens up what do you do with that and the great thing is that that's that's where these one minute mindfulness practices you know come into their own because essentially we can use our daily living to inform our practice and when we do have even if it's only a moment even if it's only uh you know the length of a breath which is just a few seconds simply by pausing following our breath and then smiling in, you know, the the deepest and most connected way that we can at that time, just that lights up all of our centres for creativity. It cools off our stress system and fires off our learning centres and our healing centres and our youth centres and just enables us to reset our system into that beautiful balance that, we're designed to be, you know, we're designed to be in this thing called homeostasis, in balance. And when we are, that's when we're our most vibrant, our most healthy and our most resourceful. And that's the great thing about these practices is you can um, do them at any time because we carry our breath everywhere. Um, breathing is obviously one of the cornerstones of mindfulness practice. And it's these moments that you're talking about, Natalie, where instead of filling them up with distraction, which is what we tend to do because we're addicted to distraction. You know, we can't even stand in in a shopping um, line in in a queue, in a checkout queue now, without having to be on our phone. We can't just stand there and be. We have to be distracted. We can't be on a bus or in traffic or without, you know, texting or looking at texts or seeing how many likes we've got or checking our social media addiction we've we've un we've unraveled that in ourselves we've untrained ourselves and so coming back to that moment by moment is a really powerful part of what we're wanting to offer um out there to our communities individually and collectively and you know it's working we're getting lots of messages from people who are regular regular listeners on the show um and on our facebook page saying that they've been putting more and more of their time into these mindfulness practices and realising their quality of sleep has improved, their their aches and pains and their headaches are seemingly feeling less and that their relationships and their conversations with people are deepening. And that's as a direct result, they're saying, of being aware of what they're doing in the moment and stopping, pausing and, and following the flow of their breath. So that's really exciting for us to hear that. It's so exciting. It is indeed. So that brings us then to to answering some of these great questions that we're getting um, sent into us from our listeners because we're all about sharing information and making these practices even easier and clearer to use. So what's our first question, Miss Natalie? Okay. So we have Joan from Perth. Hi, Joan. Hey, Joan. And Joan asks... Uh, hi girls, I love your show and your ideas, especially the walking meeting meditation. Yeah. I've been doing this um, 
this new practice with my workmates and we get on so much better because of it. However, wow. my question. Isn't that amazing? Just just saying that, isn't that amazing? Yeah. That the, the spillover effect that, you know, it, it's one of those accidental uh, side effects, which is a, a great thing. And, you know, building community, mm. building community, building awareness and, you know, being able to be the person that brings that idea into a workplace and creates something different there is really exciting for Joan, I, I would think. Snaps for you, Joan. <laughs> so anyway, Joan's question is about video games and kids. Mm-hmm. Can mindfulness exercises help with my son's obsession with video games? <gasps> I don't think she's alone there. We yeah. all have. Uh, for, for all of us parents, I think there is there can be that constant grappling with um, the expansion of technology and infiltration into all corners of our, our world. And... Yes, there is. The the short answer is um, yes, and we'll go into that. What we know, and, you know, the jury's no longer out, particularly when it comes to video games for young developing minds, and particularly the video games that our young boys love to play, which is the violent type of uh, video games. The jury is no longer out. There has been so many controlled studies on the damaging effects to the compassion um, regions of the nervous system by kids playing these games they you know it it dulls their ability to pick up on emotional cues it makes them it uh, have a tendency to more reactive outbursts to more anger towards um you know the people that they love and to people around them Uh, they're less generous and altruistic there's so many studies out there now that that just confirm that video games particularly the violent type are bad. Um, so there's there's that side of it, and then there's you know the the other the other side of, of tech is how long do we allow our our people to 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 spend in the tech world, whether it's video games or texting or social media or other. And at the very least, the by inviting our kids to some mindfulness-based practices, even if they're just using the breath or um, even conversations of being able to label, you know, in those angry moments if they're having some reaction, being able to label uh, their, their emotions, their feelings and where they're sitting in their body, those sorts of things are especially, especially useful for kids. Um, at the very least, that practice will fire up the compassion centers of the nervous system again it'll fire up the empathy um, pathways and so you'll be able to restore some balance and instead of the you know the brain pruning away those centers over time they'll still be lit up um, and you the kids will be able to access them one tool that i'd suggest that would be really helpful um, because instead of it can be this whole resistance thing. You know, you, you, it's a constant fight over, no, you can't have that, no, no TV, no, no video games. Is And this works for lots of things with kids, is delaying gratification. It's the not yet. So instead of saying, no, you're not going on that, it's delaying that. So it's, Natalie, why don't you go and... Um, do some homework or clean your room or go for a walk or play with the ball and then come back in 10 minutes and we'll talk about the video game. Mm. That practice will help them to be reflective. That practice will delay gratification and it diffuses 
the the tug of war between the yes and the no. Yes, I can. No, I can't. And I guess then that could in those moments where where a parent um, or a carer is saying to a child, you know, um, later that that's in those moments they could fill that with some mindfulness practices like being outside, like being aware of the the wind that day, those sorts of things that actually make better use of that time to then create a, a new association with what feels good, which is different to it feels good to play my video game. Exactly. And, and you know, it feel good, feels good to play the video game because it's it's it, um, feeding the, the, you know, the dopamine system, the addiction centres mm. and regions of the brain. Mm. And so so that there comes a time and I've worked with some with some teenagers that are addicted. And so it's their body has become their mind. Their willpower is um, short and finite. And eventually they, they you know, they 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 give in to these addictive tendencies for uh, this insatiable, um, uh, yeah, desire for, for being able to, to immerse themselves in these things. So delaying gratification, apart from giving you some space to breathe if you're feeling a little bit um, charged on the situation, delaying gratification is one of the key markers for uh, resilient, resourceful young people and so you're strengthening that system of um, that region of the nervous system and brain as well when you're delaying uh, their immediate gratification because you see immediate gratification in the world that we live in now particularly for our young people isn't isn't fast enough anymore Mm. and so any practices that we can do and, and I know in my family I am the delayed gratification queen when it comes to not yet not yet is my mantra and I'm, I'm sitting looking at my beautiful little girl and she's she's holding her hand in the air with the oh yeah you are <laughs> <laughs> and is it about creating different habits and um, partly it's creating, it's holding the space for different habits is more, I'd, that's what I'd like to, um, to, to invite people to think about. It's, it's holding a space for the kids to create and lay down some new pathways to get back to their more, more resilient, resourceful, mindful, um, being able to be on their own. Um, and alone in their own thoughts and be feel safe there it's creating the space for that rather than our tendency to fill it up with another doing thing another to-do list just holding that space for them by um, the not yet principle okay love it let's see what sort of feedback we can get (laughs) on that one if the parents listening to this have have this issue going on at home I'd love to hear and Joan, please, say. please do let us know how you go with that one. Yes, yes. Okay, great answer. Next, we've got Karen from Christchurch in New Zealand, your home. Yeah. Hey, Karen. And Karen says, I'm a binge eater. I think there's a few of us that can uh, <laughs> lay claim to that one at some time or another. <laughs> a boredom binge eater, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a binge eater, especially around mid-afternoon. And this gets worse when I'm hormonal or emotional. Are there any tools you can offer me to stop me uh, emotional eating, please? 
Wow, that's a big one. That's a, that's a, a, a huge, a huge one. And yes, the, the, again, the short answer is is absolutely. And the the other, you know, one of the other cornerstones for mindfulness practice, the traditional mindfulness practice, is the uh, the practice of mindful eating. And we've we've touched on this a little bit before in in the chewing, in the taking a, you know, following your breath on the inhale and the exhale before you start taking that pause, breathe, smile before you take that first bite and then doing your best to be as present to the um, experience of eating as you can be, uh, which studies have now are now revealing you eat less, you absorb nutrients um, more wholly and completely and uh, it, it again strengthens your capacity to to mitigate those mid-afternoon cravings um, and the emotional eating cycle. Which which it's the is it the chicken or the egg? You know, sometimes we get into an, a hormonal or emotional eating pattern, and then it's it's not necessarily the emotions that are taking over. It's that our body again becomes our mind. And so our the, the chemistry that's created again is that same obsession system. And so we think about chocolate. We say, no, you're not having it. The, the body says, uh, hang on a minute, I need this for my survival. And very quickly we catapult into I have to have it or I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about maybe using that delayed gratification um, that we talked about with video games around this mid-afternoon morning to eat. It's and it's another it's another great it's another great um, tool to use. It's a not yet. You want to inhale the contents of the fridge. Okay, well we can talk about that when I'm going to go and take a few breaths or have a shower or go for a walk is always a great one. Going for a walk and and. As you're walking, calling in some amazing energy, and I always like to, I did this this morning, in fact, I went out walking and I was um, feeling less than energised and I thought, okay, I'm going to do the A to Z. And so I walked along um, with my doggy and I said, I call in abundance, I call in beauty, I call in celebration, I call in delight, and I went from A to Z. And it doesn't take very long. It, it it opens up the channels for creativity because you have to get creative about things like um, X and Q and <laughs> <laughs> um, quirky and exhilarated. And it's a really um, powerful uh, mindfulness practice because it, it, it brings in labelling, it brings in novelty because of the words that you'll, that you'll come up with and if you're walk, walking at the same time it brings in movement and what we know about movement is movement is an amazing, has an amazing ability to balance out our system in a really powerful and positive way. Um, so great point Natalie, delaying gratification um, it, when it comes to emotional eating is, is a big one and what I'd say is um, just I'm not a nutritionist at all. What I do know, though, is sugar. Sugar um, feeds the emotion system and fuels the addiction centres of the brain uh, to, to crave that more. So just maybe having a little monitoring of, of what it is you're eating and choosing to add some you know, healthy fats and things like that into your diet, which... Um, in a, in a mindful way, which just helped to satiate that um, craving feeling. 
at least temporarily. And remembering that, you know, when we say no to something, we immediately engage our willpower centre, the willpower regions of our brain. And our willpower is, is exactly like a muscle and it fatigues. And our willpower particularly fatigues mid-afternoon. And so when, you know, when... Um, we're saying in you know in the middle of the afternoon it's that's when your emotional eating starts. It's probably because you've depleted your willpower and you've done really well all morning, um, and you're getting a little bit fatigued. And you know we have a it's called the ultradian uh, rhythm, and we have a rhythm in our system that every ninety minutes we have a dip in our energy. About every ninety minutes we have a dip in our energy for between ten and twenty five minutes, and so. That tends to be the time we we have some craving. So it's we're let, we we feel less motivated. Um, we feel we can feel a little bit fatigued, a little bit lethargic, and uh, if we've conditioned ourselves to go for the stimulants, sugar, coffee, those sorts of things, then that's when we'll when we'll crave that. By delaying, as you've said, Natalie, by delaying and knowing that this this too shall pass, this um, cycle, this dip. Will pass um, is is and you you'll get back on the horse so to speak and you'll be able to um, move through the rest of your day with with some ease and determination uh, and be the the closer version of who you'd love to be. <laughs> Good answer. I'm sure Karen will will get a lot from that one and the others that are listening on the program that. That three o'clock, or for me, it's it's more the seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. I've done everything. There's nothing left to do. Everybody's off doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I might sit on the lounge. Hmm, maybe some chocolate. I don't even really want it. And but it's just the whole. You, you know, we associate things with with rhythms and patterns and habits. That's that's all it is. If, if our environment informs our habits, mm. and and. Our, our environment informs our habits and our habits are habits because we've done them over and over and over again and we've wired them into our system. The only way, the only way we can change our habits is by being more conscious and more mindful. When we're more mindful, we, we do naturally make better choices. We're actually born to be good. I believe that in my heart and I, I know that I, you know, there will be people that may debate that, but I believe that we are actually born to be good. We're born to be um, to be socially connected, and we we have extraordinary capacity for human unkindness. However, I believe when we're more mindful, we're naturally kinder and and um, more more good. If that's a term, <laughs> let's bring on more of that, more kindness, more compassion for self and others. That's a happy place to be in. Mm. Okay, so now I've got one from Nick. Uh, and Nick says, I'm wondering if it's best to do mindfulness exercises in the morning or at night. I want to start my practice, but I don't know which end of the day is best. Uh, well, my first point to you, Nick, would be just start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere. <laughs> Anytime. Anywhere. Um, your your. Body and your mind will be thankful for it, and it doesn't mind when. <laughs> Just start. Um, that would be my first. Start with your breaths, with the pause, the breathe, and the smile. Uh, and that's one of the joys of what the one-minute mindfulness practices is. It, it actually doesn't matter. 
and it's it's what works best for you using your daily living as a cue and it's those as you um alluded to in the in, early in our conversation natalie is when you have a little bit of space and um, pause breathe and smile when you don't have any space Pause, breathe, and smile. It's not going to take you any longer. It's going to drop you into being more present. When we're more present, we feel like we've got more time. And the truth is we have because we're in in the moment rather than um, being consumed by the past or the future. Um, One of the things that I would say to Nick is the way that we start our day is the way that we live our day. And so if, if, you, if you really wanted somewhere to start, I would say when you wake up in the morning, the very first thing you do is take three mindful breaths. Simply follow your breath in and follow your breath all the way out to the end of the exhale. Do that three times and that would be a perfect place to start. Just doing that will change your day and then it will change your weeks and your months and, the, and your years. And you'll find that you'll have a, a deepened sense of fulfillment throughout your day. So if you really want to start somewhere um, and you really need a, a time of the day, when you first wake up in the morning, that would be the place I would start. The way we start our days, the way we live our day. Other than that, Nick, just go hard. Knock yourself out. Do it at all times of the day. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, um, it's always a good idea when we start a new practice to to keep a, a, a journal or to keep some way of recording what feels different so that you can actually see, hey, you know what, I do feel like I've got a bit more time this week or I haven't been as rushed or I've slept better because often we, we miss the changes mm. that even though we're bringing in great practices, we, we miss the changes. So, you know, that awareness that I find is important for me too to end my day by checking in and seeing, well, how did my day go? Wow, I really handled that open space yesterday when we couldn't connect um, because of tech issues to go and look after myself, to go and do something that was important to me. I really slowed down today. I didn't get as stressed out about something happening that I normally would have. It's it's good for us to see the responses and the changes that we're, we're um, creating by bringing in these practices. Yes, and you bring it. That's that's actually a perfect point. And what a perfect one minute mindfulness practice, Natalie, is journaling. You know, writing is another um, important mindfulness tool that people can use. And and if you layer that with writing down some things that are um, that that you can celebrate yourself for, not maybe not even celebrate, just some things that you can be kind with yourself about. Um, because it's not always about the, you know, the positive, the good, the labelling, the upside. If you could um, do that for one minute at the end of the day and say, today I was kind with myself when I failed. <laughs> today I was able to take 17 mindful breaths and I feel different as a result of that. I feel clearer tonight. And doing that even just for a minute at the end of the day, do it for a week and see and and notice notice the difference. You know, we... You make a great point, Natalie. We adapt to the the familiar very quickly, and so um, we have this hedonic tendency just to go, "Oh, that was normal. That's normal." Mm, mm. And we, so we miss we miss the joy in it. We miss the celebration. We miss we miss being able to take in the good and wash allow it to wash over us. And so that's a great distinction. So there you go, Nick. Started the day and ended the day, and and. 
whenever you can throughout the day. I hope that helps. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that is, of course, the, the beauty of these one-minute mindfulness practices and what, what makes our message a little different is how easy it is, how you can fit this into your normal life, how you can bring it in when you need it in the moment by going to your breath, you know, by scanning your body and being aware that, whoa, I got really upset when that car cut me off. Jeez, my shoulders are tight now. Breathe and let go. It's all just about being mindfully aware. And if we don't acknowledge um, the changes that we're, we're undergoing as we do this, then we kind of think, think nothing's happening. I love I love your insight on that one, Natalie. Any any chance we have to allow uh, um, to take in the good and allow that good to wash over us is is an important practice. You see, because we're we're like a, we're like Velcro for negative things and and Teflon for the good things. And of course, if you're if you're sharing this program with your family, your partner, your work your work colleagues, your friends, etc., and you're you're all listening to it, it'd be really great for you to acknowledge within each other how you're noticing that they're changing, that they've managed life a little differently that day as well. Everyone you, loves that. Everyone loves a bit of acknowledgement, don't they? That's one of the upsides of mindfulness practice is that you. Um, you, you begin to hardwire seeing the good in you, yourself and others. And so, the, you know, the extension of that is not only seeing it but helping them to experience that about themselves as well. It's like when you decide you're going to go and buy a new car like a silver rav, suddenly there's silver ravs everywhere. So what we look for deliberately, we see and we see more of and we create more of and, and that's exactly. exciting. What we focus on, we feed. We do. Yeah. Okay, we've got our last question here from Sarah in Melbourne. Mm. And Sarah says, Oh, I hope My hometown. Is it? Is that your hometown? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's probably <laughs> why she's listening then. She feels that affiliation with you. And, and I hope that means Sarah's going to join us at the Wellness Summit, which we're <gasps> going to talk about in a few minutes as oh, well. Oh, the Wellness. Okay, a few minutes. All few right. Minutes. Come on, a few then. minutes. Last question, and then you can then you can let us all know about how we can get a bit of you, a piece of you at the Wellness Summit, Vicky. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. Okay, so hi, ladies. I love, love, love your show. I love, love, love all those loves. Mm, me uh, too. Just wondering if there are any mindfulness courses you can recommend. I love listening to your podcast, but I want to meet other people who are also on a similar journey if possible. Sarah, Sarah, what a great question. And first and foremost, obviously, Sarah, you're, you're on – Facebook on the on our om in our om om community because that's certainly lots of people talk about how they love to you know see the comments or feedback or the posts that we put up there and they feel like they're part of a you know a family which is which is amazing. The growing popularity of mindfulness based programs is exponential and you know certainly in the next ten years I think that um, mindfulness is going to be is the new black. <laughs> And so there are lots and lots of courses out there and I don't have um, any attachment to what what type of courses they are. I think um, any any learning we can do has absolute value. And so uh, if you email me, I'll be able to uh, recommend some courses for you or post up on Facebook as a reminder for Natalie and I onto the on page and I'll certainly um, research some links for you and um, you'll be able to see them 
um, for any courses that are that are local to you in Melbourne. But in saying that, the very first thing you need to do, if you haven't already, is jump online and register for the summit because I'm going to be there and we're going to be doing some contemplative um, one-minute mindfulness practices throughout the whole weekend. Cool, cool. So let me give some um, more info on the Wellness Summit hosted by the Wellness um, Wellness Couch guys every year and there's a massive lineup of speakers and when you go to the website you can check out all the speakers that you'll be able to to see and hear from on the day so go to the wellnesssummit.com the summit is on at the melbourne convention center august 15th and 16th and the exciting thing is vicky that we've got some discounted tickets that people are able to jump on that link and for our community is that right it is for our on community. So that's really exciting that we can give back like that because I know that the summit's going to be an experience um, for all like-minded, mm. conscious, mindful people. Yeah. So if you and jump. It's, it's one of those things that Sarah makes a great point is, you know, meeting other people that, that sort of think and um, think and feel the way that we think and feel and learning from from those experiences and how they are experiencing their practices, whether it's to do with um, mindfulness or whether it's to do with their diet or exercise or, um, you know, the, the, the way that they're handling their relationships and stress, they're all there at, uh, the, at the summit. And so there'll be so much great information. But a lot of the action and activity and, and brilliance happens with the people that you meet there on the ground over the weekend. And you get to build your own little community and own tribe on a local level that you can get together with and hang out with later on. All in one place, we gather, mm-hmm. we gather. So to get your um, discounted $100 off ticket price, go to thewellnesssummit.com and put in the code Mindful Summit number one, number five, 15, and you'll be able to take advantage of getting those discounted tickets. And we look forward to seeing you there. So make sure you say hi to us. And yeah. Masses of applause when, when, um, we share from the stage. It's going to be really exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with knees knocking. With knees knocking. You think, oh, no, I think I've looked at your TED Talk. You're pretty pretty fabulous up there on the stage. We're going to love every minute of it. There will certainly be lots of laughter and um, oh, lots of it, learning. Stop it, she says. The other thing is just on programs, we will be – having a program coming in October called Omathon, and it's a 30-day program where Natalie and I will be um, communicating and connecting with you uh, most days to help deepen, build and strengthen your capacity for mindfulness. It's a it's a 30-day program that I've done um, previously. The you know the, the, the amazing benefit of it is that it's a community and collaborative program where for 30 days you get the benefit of um, – of collaborative intention and the 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 power that comes out of that is just it it happened um, by accident for me that that you know that we harness that power of collective energy um so if you want to be part of that look out um on facebook but we'll also be talking about that next week at the summit as well fantastic and you can find out more information about that of course on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash OMM show. So you can check that out there as well and, and join us and be part of that and make mm-hmm. a global difference through mindfulness one one minute at a time. Mm-hmm. One mindful breath. 
One mindful breath. And maybe we will finish um, today's show then, Vicky, on collaboratively and in and inviting everybody who's listening to the program to one of our most powerful um, mindfulness practices and certainly one that really kick-started this for me was pause, breathe and smile. So maybe lead us through that before we say goodbye. Oh, I'd absolutely love to. So as we pause and just pause at the end of one of your out-breaths and then we breathe in together, following our breath all the way to the top of our in-breath. And then just noticing as we begin to exhale, following our out-breath all the way, all the way out to the end, to the tip of that out-breath. And then just gently inviting a little smile, compassion, of kindness, of joy, and allowing that feeling to wash over us as we move into the rest of our daily living, knowing that we have at least today built one mindfulness part of our muscles so that we're more mindfully fit than we were a few moments ago. So until next time, please do remember the pause, the breathe and the smile. And if you can pause and breathe, smile your way through your days as you reconnect with your inner amazingness and allow that to wash over all of the people that you come into contact with every single day. Until next time, until the summit, uh, big love. See you later. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.